It is Wake It Afternoon. It is Niall Boylan on the uh, podcast today with you right through to one o'clock for the next hour or so. A lot to get through. Uh, but the main thing we want to focus on is whether you would want a liberal or a conservative government. Now, the reason I asked you that is I'm sure you're well aware of American politics and what's happening at the moment. Donald Trump facing charge after charge after charge. But of course, Donald Trump in complete and utter denial, suggesting, of course, this political interference and election interference. We've heard a lot of other news in relation to the election, including Robert K- Kennedy Jr., who we've talked about recently. But lately, of course, Joe Rogan uh, featured him on his interview. A professor in the United States said it was misinformation because, of course, JFK Jr. was going on about, or I should say, Robert Kennedy Jr. was going on about vaccines and not very, very happy. And this professor said it was misinformation. Joe Rogan now offering $100,000 if this professor is willing to come on the air and debate him with no time limits. Not only that, other big finances have jumped in and offered up to a million dollars to a charity if he takes the, the offer. Uh, other candidates in there, of course, Ron DeSantis. Many people believe that, well, maybe he's going to take over from Donald Trump. He's certainly not backing Donald Trump, that's for sure. He wasn't there in Miami to shake his hand as he walked into the courtroom. But the question I want to know today is, if you had an option, which you don't, but if you had an option for a liberal or conservative government, because currently in Ireland we don't really have an option, many people have said that most of our political parties are just cheeks of the same arse. In other words, essentially they're all singing for the same hymn sheet, that they're all quite liberal. But would you prefer a conservative or Republican-style government? Remember, of course, what that entails. We could be reversing the laws on abortion. Uh, we wouldn't be supporting LGBTQ. We wouldn't be doing all those things that a liberal government would do. But how would you feel about it? You want to text us, you can. The number, as usual, 85 And I'm joined today to, co- to debate this. Michael Walsh, an American music critic, author, screenwriter, media critic, historian, and cultural political consultant joins me. And also Larry Donnelly, law attorney, writer, and political contributor, and a legal research lecturer at the National University of Galway. They both join me today to talk about this. Good afternoon to you, gentlemen. Or actually, good morning to you. Because I know you're both in America at the moment. New England, Michael, is in. And all also hails from Clare, County Clare as well, and uh, from Galway, but currently in Boston, Larry Donnelly. Larry, I'll go to you first. Have a quick look at this. Donald Trump, just after he was in Miami court the other day, what did he say? Have a quick listen. Everybody was in shock. Nobody had ever heard of such a raid before. Can't even believe it. Who would think that that could happen today? I immediately thought of the Fourth Amendment that protects against unreasonable search and seizure. But they did it anyway because our justice system has become lawless. They're using it now, in addition to everything else, to win elections. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. Now, Larry, of course, you have written quite extensively over the last month in relation to Donald Trump. He is a bit bit like Teflon, isn't he, Larry? Nothing is sticking to him. It's absolutely extraordinary the extent to which, uh, no matter what happens, uh, Donald Trump retains a stranglehold on uh, about 35 to 40 percent of registered Republicans, which is, to me, uh, quite amazing because... Um, if you look at, at Donald Trump's politics, and you, you mentioned Ron DeSantis a minute ago, uh, Ron DeSantis is the heir apparent uh, to Donald Trump. Uh, Ron DeSantis arguably govern, would govern from the right uh, of Donald Trump, yet 
he doesn't have he hasn't got, gone at any momentum. Uh, Donald Trump's people stay with him. And, and that's just despite all of the huge legal trouble uh, that Donald Trump finds finds himself in all the baggage he brings with him. So I what I really struggle with, Niall, is why uh, people stay with Trump when, um, you know, on the right anyway, they have somebody who they easily could gravitate towards, who doesn't come with all of that baggage, uh, you know, who's 40 years younger uh, and, and, you know, would, would, would be, in my view, uh, a very strong candidate on a debate stage with Joe Biden. But Trump retains that personal loyalty. Absolutely. Which to and me I, is extraordinary. I, I'd imagine it's the old boys that still like him, you know, these kind of biker type style fans. Maybe it's a fan club of some description. But in saying that, the remark he makes about political interference and, you know, election interference. I mean, the comments he makes about Joe Biden having as many unclassified documents, Hillary Clinton deleting all those emails. Would it be fair to say, I mean, I'm not suggesting the man is innocent, absolutely not, because clearly he's his own worst enemy. But would it be fair to say that he is being picked on? Look, you know, Trump's defense is whataboutery. It's it's why why are you coming after me? But but at the end of the day, why did Trump have all those documents? Why did he fight the, the Justice Department every step of the way? Why wouldn't he give them up? Why, you know, whereas on the other hand, you know, when you, if you look at early Clinton, if you look at Joe Biden, if you look at Mike, Mike Pence, all of whom had classified documents, uh, and clearly that's indefensible, but they put their hands up and said, look, you know, come get them, take what you need. But Trump, on the other hand, fought it every step of the way. So that's the difference. Mm. Okay, Michael, it's fair to say, just coming to you, uh, Donald Trump, you would have been a fan at one stage. At one point, actually, there was a possibility of being offered a job working with Donald Trump. But of course, you weren't available at the time or or you weren't available for that opportunity at the time uh, as an advisor. But I mean, if you were an advisor right now, what would you be saying to him? Well, let's uh, put it in context. Uh, The the Trump administration uh, came to me at the near the end of the administration and and began talking to me about various positions and what would have been the second administration. So I was going through the FBI background checks and all of the attendant paperwork that one has to do. Uh, and then they lost the election. So that ended it. Uh, but right now, as I've said, even during the time of Trump's ascendancy, Trump was the alternative to a, a worse alternative. And people don't love Trump as much as they hate the other team. And Trump represented to him, to them, the antithesis of everything, the sort of consensus government from Clinton to Bush to to Obama uh, had represented in American history. He was a black swan, uh, a very imperfect vessel for conservative values, never really a conservative himself. He is effectively uh, a changed Democrat, someone who, to use the vogue's term, transitioned from de- Democrat to Republican. Now, uh, Larry makes a good point that Ron DeSantis, who I also know personally, uh, is a much better candidate than Donald Trump. He stands for many more conservative values and principles than Donald Trump. But right now, the electorate doesn't know Ron DeSantis. We're still a long way from from. But he, the, the but he is, but he is far more right than even Donald Trump is. I mean, if that's possible. Oh yes, and yeah, absolutely, and everyone on on this side of the aisle wants that. They want to see someone stand well, not, up. Well, clearly, the, clearly not everybody. No, I mean, people that, on the right. 
people want to see that kind of program. So right now they think Trump will give it to him. But my point, I'll be brief about it, is Trump had four years to do this and he didn't. And so much of conservative thought, and you'll see it on Twitter and you'll watch the numbers move, says, why should we believe him to say he's going to do X, Y and Z when he didn't do X, Y and Z the first time? And then you get a whole bunch of noise from Trump supporters saying, well, he couldn't because they hated him and they sandbagged him and they listened to him and all of which may or may not be true. But it doesn't matter. The fact is, it did, he didn't get the job done. It's time for people to move on. Frankly, I think the best ticket for America right now would be Bobby Kennedy against DeSantis. I think that would give everybody a real choice. And Kennedy would be a very formidable opponent. Joe Biden is not going to be the Democrat presidential nominee next year. Not going to be. Larry, would you agree with that? Because when we watch, and, and I have a clip actually of Joe Biden there just for a second, of, of course, his most recent gaffe. Just have a quick listen to this. <laughs> All right. God save the queen, man. I mean, he does. He did say, by the way, he suggested that he said it to somebody in his audience. That's what his people said, that he was a, a private joke between him and somebody in his audience. I don't think so. I think they're just making excuses for him. Again, he didn't know which way to walk off the stage, had to be escorted right. off the stage. I mean, Larry, it's fair to say, let's not be ageist about it. He's incapable of being the president of the free world. Well, I you know. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's entirely fair. Uh, I, I, I don't think that yeah, there, there's no question about it. Anyone who watches and who's objective will say that Joe Biden is past his prime. There's no doubt about that. But it, it, to get to the realpolitik of it, um, you know, Joe Biden in all, in all like barring something completely unforeseen, Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee for president. Um, and, and, the, the, and the reality is if if we do have a rematch, uh, between Donald Trump uh, and Joe Biden, for an awful lot of Americans, especially the Americans who decide elections, uh, that that floating cadre of people in the middle, um, they will probably vote for Joe Biden, not because of any great love or because they think, uh, you know, he's he's got a lot to offer, but they will vote for him because uh, the alternative in the form of Donald Trump is what they cannot bear uh, and what what they won't, what they under any circumstance, what they won't go for. So there really is kind of an appalling vista uh, in American politics between uh, you know D- Donald Trump, who is uh, a moral reprobate, and Joe Biden, who is decades past his prime. And, and I think that that poses fundamentally difficult questions uh, for American democracy uh, and for where we're headed. In relation to the Democrats at the moment, the other candidate, of course, Robert Kennedy Jr., who only a month ago most people would have written off as some conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer. Of course, that whole story over the last 24 hours has accelerated because Joe Rogan and other investors have said they would give a million a million dollars to charity if this professor, of course, who went against the, the Joe Rogan interview with Robert Kennedy uh, is, is willing to come on the air and debate him. The man is a quite intelligent man. I watched an interview with him the other night. He didn't go on too much about the anti-vax part of it. And he doesn't call it anti-vax, by the way, he calls it facts. I think people are seeing a different side to him. Um, I think he's gaining popularity. I don't know what he's like in the polls at the moment. But Larry, is he an option for the Democrats? Because with the Democrats, 
There's a little bit of both, I think, mixed in when it comes to Robert Kennedy. There's a little bit on the right. There's a little bit on the left. He might be a slight change of direction for the Democrats to actually get in the door. Robert F. Kennedy's probably running in the wrong primary, Nile. Uh, the reality is the, the audience for the message that he is uh, espousing, if there is an audience, and I'm not sh- sure how big it is, but if there is an audience, that audience is within the Republican Party. Uh, that audience is not within uh, the Democratic Party. So uh, to my way of thinking, I can't see uh, a scenario in which uh, Robert F. Kennedy garners uh, any kind of real momentum uh, or poses a serious threat uh, to Joe Biden. My, my guess is that Joe Biden will continue uh, to ignore him uh, and that, you know, Kennedy may get some votes, uh, but it will be a, a, a smallish uh, percentage of the Democratic primary electorate. If he were running as a Republican, uh, that might be very interesting. But uh, on his side of the aisle, uh, I just don't see where he goes. Yeah, Michael, that's a fair point. He's probably running a, running for the wrong team, really, isn't he? Because if we go back to the original election between Biden and Donald Trump, going back a long time ago, of course, the turning point for Donald Trump was what he said, that the it was a, a fake story that they, they had weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And then he became the enemy of the state from that particular point on. You've now got Robert Kennedy saying things very similar, uh, you know, shouting out about all these conspiracy theories, or some people would say facts, uh, and giving out what some people class as misinformation about vaccines, which other people would say they're factual. He's kind of running on the same wrong party, isn't he? Well, not not exactly. I think he's running much more in, in terms of his own family tradition. Larry's in Boston. I'm in Western New England. And so, you know, we're all steeped in the Kennedy mythos here. Uh, I'm a baby boomer. And I've said now on Twitter, and a lot of people are agreeing with me, do not underestimate the appeal of the Kennedys to a huge slice of the electorate that is not necessarily partisan that you you might be very surprised at how well rfk jr does and some another wild card factor uh, larry you mentioned you know in case something unforeseen happens <clears throat> who was it that said three days or a week is a long time in politics no one saw bobby kennedy coming but the COVID hoax has really opened many americans eyes to the loss of civil liberties, not only in this country, but around the world, to the blatant falsehoods that these doctors who are paid shills for the pharmaceutical industry uh, have foisted upon us, to the death toll, to the broken personal relationships. What they did to this country is so despicable and so reprehensible that they are crying out for revenge against the people that did this. Now, if Kennedy represents that, he will have cross-ticket appeal like you wouldn't believe. DeSantis, on the other hand, is going to be a much better bearer of the conservative standard. Uh, People like the fact that he's poking Disney right in the face. That that gets a lot of support from people who have finally had enough of woke and LGBTQ and all these... uh, all of this notion that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. At some point, the American public, which is not leftist, which is not media well, leftist. Well, 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 clearly some of them are, Michael, because, you know, some of them are quite happy to listen to what he has to say. And by the way, I, let me just come to Larry on that. Larry, there's yep. been a lot of talk about, you know, of course, Biden and the Democrats and what they will and won't accept. I mean, and even people, I suppose, who are on the left would suggest, for example, that what went on on the White House lawn last week, you know, to the American flag. And actually, Ron DeSantis said something very quickly about it. I'll just play that clip there of Ron DeSantis and what he actually said about what went on there. Go ahead. 
you know, when they had at the White House, you know, this transgender flag as the precedence over the American flag, that's wrong. That is not how you display the American flag. That Larry seems to get him a lot of votes. But I think even on the left, people think that Biden and the Democrats, when it comes to LGBTQ, when it comes to matters of COVID, for example, I mean, I know more recently now, there's now suggestions it did leak from a lab in Wuhan. People were actually banned Uh from social media for suggesting that going back two years ago. And now it looks like that actually may be true. So from people from the left, they might even be thinking to themselves, you know, I kind of like this stuff. I don't want, you know, pride flags hanging from the White House lawn, people topless jumping around having a party in the White House. They see that as disrespectful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a point there. Um, when, when it comes to for, for, for the LGBT issue or for the abortion issue, uh, I think those are more complicated for uh, Republicans. But when it comes to gender identity, uh, I think that even on the left, as you say, uh, I think that there's an awful lot of distrust and, uh, quite frankly, anger. Uh, about the way that that is being portrayed. Uh, And I think an awful lot of Americans say enough is enough uh, on that front. Uh, Mm -hmm. And when Democrats start to talk about uh, those issues, uh, I think they're on a losing uh, kick. Uh, And I think that that's a problem uh, for them. So I think when it comes to the culture wars, you're going to see Democrats continue to stress uh, abortion, which, which they feel... Uh, in the wake of Roe versus Wade being overturned, they feel that they have uh, political capital to be made there. But if they start talking about gender identity, in particular, uh, when they start talking about uh, education in schools, and here's where Republicans have a big a big advantage uh, in parental control uh, over what kids are taught in school, uh, I think Republicans have a serious wedge issue uh, that they can work with. With the exception of California, of course, and San Francisco, I mean, obviously, Texas and Florida have brought in a lot of those le- that legislation, including banning puberty blockers and operations on children under the age of 18. I think that's going to be an advantage. And of course, Ron DeSantis is heralding that at the moment as well. But getting back to what Michael was talking about, Larry, the COVID issue. I don't know what the sense in America is. You know, do they feel that there was an overreaction to COVID-19? Michael clearly does. There was an overreaction to COVID-19. Is Anthony Fauci responsible, of course, because, you know, gain of function, of course, is what's now being blamed in Wuhan on a leaked virus. That, of course, was poo-pooed when Donald Trump said it four years ago. You know, it was claimed he was some sort of conspiracy theorist. Now it turns out it actually probably is true. So, I mean, are the Americans angry about the way COVID was handled? Do you think? Well, well, well. Look, uh, I think the votes that are up for grabs, the people who feel the way that Michael does, I mean, they were never going to vote for Democrats anyway. Uh, I think the people whose votes are there for the taking will probably say that some of the measures here uh, went too far, that there was too much, it, 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 that it got over the top. And, and if Republicans want to make that point, uh, I think there are votes in that for them. If they go down the route that this is, you know, a total hoax, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I'm just not so sure uh, how many votes they gain out of that. Again, people who believe that are going to be with them anyway. Uh, but if they do say that, look, we we believe in limited government, we believe things went too far, then they probably can play that uh, to their advantage. But if they over it, uh, I think they'll probably lose on that one. 
I mean, Michael, you're, you're talking about it being a hoax and that being a disadvantage to the Democrats. You've got to remember who was in power during that hoax, of course, was Donald Trump, who was a Republican government. So he was the man. Well, he, was, he was driving the car, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And that's another reason why he should not be the Republican candidate this year. His copybook has been seriously blotted and he's lost faith. And I make this point to, to Larry's. Yeah, the Repu- those Republicans aren't going to vote for Democrats anyway. On the other hand, they can stay home. And a motivated base of angry, righteously angry Americans is going to be an amazing thing to watch if DeSantis can get himself organized and defeat Trump and lead that banner. And I think Kennedy would be the only Democrat who could stop him. Listen, Joe Biden rigs this thing. He and Bernie, Bernie got robbed the last time. Joe Biden was dead in the polls, and all of a sudden, he wins South Carolina, and suddenly he, he gets the nomination. The Democrats weren't going to go down the road of nominating a literal communist. Uh, so they can fix that nomination process any way they want. But I just would say, and I would encourage Larry to think about this, being in Boston, uh, don't underestimate Bobby Kennedy or his appeal. That's all, you know. At this point, we're both way far away from the election, and anything can happen. But it's it's mm-hmm. open and it's going to be an exciting and possibly a dispositive American election for a long time. I think I think finally, Larry, Fox News are playing a, a, a big role in this. Of course, a lot of people given out of Fox News had displayed uh, uh, a ticker table, as they call it, a lower third on the, on the bottom of their screen. Uh, what was it last week? And of course, I'll just show you the picture there in case you haven't seen it. Uh, now, there was a lot of trouble over this. It says, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having uh, his political rival arrested. The person responsible for that, the producer who put that up on the screen for 20 seconds, by the way, it was taken down very quickly, was fired the following day. Um, but a lot, a lot of people say the same thing, that you're either with Trump or you're against him, one or the other. In other words, you know, I mean, people don't really seem to, within the Trump community, they don't really seem to have a choice. You're either with him or against him. There's no middle ground there. Yeah, I mean, look, that that's that's that that's a fact, and, and you know, look, it, you know, it, the the cult of personality that has sprung up around Donald Trump uh, is extraordinary, and I think just coming back to to the culture wars and the culture issue I mentioned a minute ago, uh, in particular, uh, why so many uh, conservatives uh, are loyal to Donald Trump is that at the end of the day, he gave them the Supreme Court that they wanted. He did what countless Republicans have said they would do, which is to overturn Roe versus Wade. Donald Trump delivered for them uh, on that. And that's, in my view, that's the main reason why uh, so many of them uh, are as loyal to him as they are. The reality is, you know, look, America has moved on. Things, the the people in the middle, as I've said, uh, are done with Trump, but there remains that reservoir uh, of loyalty to him. So, you know, look, it, it, I, from Michael's point of view, for anyone who, who wants to see a conservative government, uh, a conservative president of the United States, um, you know, if, you, if you're with Trump, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult because I just can't see uh, him getting over the line uh, in a general election. Will he, will he go to jail, by the way? Do you think he'll go to jail? I, 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 uh, frankly, no, I don't. Uh, I mean, I think these charges he faces in Florida, uh, this is more serious than anything else. Uh, I think this is more credible 
than anything else from a, a legal well, one, point of one, view. Well, one particular document about nuclear weapons uh, clearly is a, quite a serious one that they're talking about, yeah. A, a, absolutely. This is the most serious thing um, that he's staring down the barrel of. But the reality now is, even since all of this has happened, his numbers haven't moved. I mean, they're, they're still, uh, <laughs> he's as strong uh, as ever. But this certainly is the strongest thing. Will he go to jail? My guess is no. My guess at the end of the day is that no matter what happens, even if he's convicted, uh, I think the specter of an American president uh, in an orange jumpsuit going off to to, to serve in federal prison, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. But who knows? Yeah, well, I think, Michael, you had suggested to me before, if he did go to jail, he'd have to have his uh, his unit with him. He'd have to have his protection with him because, of course, he gets that as an American president for the rest of his life. So they'd all yeah. have to be standing outside the cell beside him. Yeah, there's no chance Trump's going to go to, the, go there was to jail. One, there like, was one president went to jail, wasn't there? One American president, a socialist president, who actually ran for election, if I remember rightly, in history well, that in was, America. That was Eugene Debs, who was a candidate. He was a socialist candidate back then turn of the last century uh but i agree with larry that if trump's the republican nominee he will lose the election he will lose to a rutabaga which is what we have right now for president or he will lose to a younger more vital man but he doesn't have enough numbers in the trump base anymore to put him over the top so that's the face that's the thing the republicans have to face is that reality which is not going to go away Okay, and your prediction, Michael, is we're going to see Robert Kennedy and Ron DeSantis, and your money's on uh, Ron DeSantis, I assume. Well, it's not a it's not a prediction, but I'd like to see that because that would give Americans a, a real choice for the first time in a long time. And Larry, what's your prediction? My my prediction is a, a rematch between Biden and Trump, and Biden will 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 win again. But I, I think it will be uh, a profoundly sad uh, election for the United States, and again. People say 330 million people, so much talent, so much diversity, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and these why, are two why these two? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Would you rather be yeah. killed by a tiger or a wolf? Exactly. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much indeed, gentlemen. I appreciate both of you getting up so early in the morning because I know you're both in the United States. And thank you very much for joining me. Larry and Michael, thank you. Uh, all right, we're going to go to our callers as well. you got a text or WhatsApp. And uh, the number, by the way, is 85 now, if you want to talk to me about the American election, you're quite welcome to do that. But that's not really the point I'm trying to make today. The point I'm trying to make is, which sort of a government do you want in Ireland? Because in Ireland, we don't have that choice. We used to have at one stage. Do you remember at one stage, we had different governments saying different things with different policies. One was against, you know, Fianna Fáil would have been conservative, Fine Gael, a bit more liberal, Labour Party were fighting for the working man. We even had the progressive Democrats in there a long time ago. We didn't have these little splinter socialist parties, by the way, at the time. Uh, we might have had one or two independents. But generally speaking, you knew what you were voting for. So if you were conservative, you voted for Fianna Fáil. If you were uh, kind of more liberal, you voted for Fine Gael, or maybe the PDs at the time, and if you were the working man in the middle somewhere, you voted for the Labour Party. That's the way it used to be now. But now, it's all changed. You've got Sinn Féin, more or less saying the same thing as the government. You've got Fianna Fáil saying the same thing as Fine Gael. Fine Gael saying the same thing as Fianna Fáil. You've got the Labour Party really saying very little at all. Well, they're speaking, but they're not really saying anything. And then you've got all the other parties who are just socialist and leftist parties, with the exception of a few independents around the country, 14 of them to be exact, who might be a little bit more conservative. So you don't have a choice. But if you did have a choice, and it was like America, and you could vote for a conservative government, nothing in the middle really, is there? Conservative or a liberal government, 
Which would you go for in Ireland? Remember what comes with a conservative vote? Of course, no abortion and no same-sex marriage, most likely. If you had a conservative government, you wouldn't have the same support for the LGBT community. Um, a lot of the laws that we're bringing in or that we're doing and inequality and diversity wouldn't be happening. There would be a clampdown on immigration. Whereas you go for a liberal government, it's all or nothing really, isn't it? Let me know what you think. Which type of government would you prefer? 085 100 55. That's 085 100 55. Somebody just texted in and says, now this is why I love your podcast. It's so much more intelligent than most radio stations. I would agree with you. Let me go to James. James, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boylan podcast. Afternoon, T. Nile. Nile, I never thought I'd hear somebody describe Fine Gael as a liberal party. That's, that's definitely knowing on me now. They're, well, they are liberal. Fianna Gael are liberal. No, they're not. Well, Fianna no, Fáil no, no, no. used to be conservative. They're not anymore. No, what Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are, are charlatans, Niall, the, the, both of them. They're both centre-right parties, but over the last kind of 10 years, they've seen how the wind is blowing. So they've said, you know what, let's go to the left. Let's just automatically switch to the left. Like, you know, in 2012, Leo Rodcar was against gay marriage. And now suddenly he's all for it. Well, well, well this morning, actually, in, 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 interestingly enough, I'm just spotted it just actually literally coming up on my phone there a few minutes ago, the Irish Independent, I think it was. And this morning, I see Leo Rodcar has basically said that, um, where was his, oh yeah, he talks about abortion is not a good thing. So that's yeah, going to keep the I, conservatives Niall, happy, isn't it? <laughs> watch over the next year, Niall, now. Watch Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Because you remember, Niall, there's still that massive vote in the middle who would vote for either Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, people who are in the centre. And what they, they've realised now, Niall, that that vote is still there to be won. There's probably about 40, 30 to 40% of the population who would vote for either of them. And they know now that vote is won. So watch, guarantee over the next six months to a year now, but as the run in the election comes now, watch them all swing back into the centre and back to the right. Watch the, watch the borders getting closed, Niall, over the next six months. Saying, oh yeah, we've listened to the people now. Okay, 75% said you want the borders closed. We've done that for you. And then what they'll do now is they come knocking on your door next year and say, yeah, we were the party who closed the borders. Sinn Féin didn't do it. As for the Labour Party, now, I like you said the Labour Party for the working man, the Labour Party have about eight or nine TDs. Look they, well, no, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about the old Labour Party of 25 years ago. Yes. Yes. Ah, yeah, they were, they, you know, the old Labour Party of 25 years ago was about the working man or, or woman. Um, the Labour Party is saying now is the leader of the Labour Party is a multi-multi-millionaire. Nothing says Labour than having the leader of the party is a multi-multi-millionaire. <laughs> and fair play to her. And fair play to her. I have no problem with that at all. Fair play. She's very successful. I've met the lady. She's lovely. But nothing says, I'm for the working man, but you're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but I know, I know your struggles. But it would be fair to say that most politicians in Ireland, of course, if they're ministers, particularly or leaders of parties, would be very wealthy. I'm pretty sure Leo, Ver- Leo Varadkar must be a millionaire at this stage. So much. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm sure Michal Martin is. Um, I'm absolutely sure Eamon Ryan is. I'm sure they're all millionaires. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Mm. Because it's a very, like, if you're. What's it's a lucrative job, isn't it? It's a very lucrative job. Like, you're on 250, and then if you have the ministers now, don't have to worry about the transport costs. The mm-hmm. flights, all that type of stuff is thing. But anyway, now we're kind of transgressing here. We're going okay. So, so g- getting back to what I asked, if it was a, a Trump Biden style election, where you're looking yeah. at basically two polar opposites, which side would you go with? I would go with Trump now. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, for, or Ron DeSantis the, the, or whoever it could be. Yeah. Well, Ron, like the, well, yeah. I'd be honest with you. I think Ron DeSantis would be the better candidate because yeah, he's younger. But then again, Niall, the, yeah, no, it's not about his age. Um, DeSantos is a politician. He's a career politician, now, and he speaks and he carries on like a politician. Donald Trump doesn't, and people can't get their heads around that. 
Because Donald Trump, when he ran, I think, to be honest with you, when he ran in 2016, he ran for a little laugh. I'll never win this against Hillary Clinton. And then he won, and he's like, oh, no, I won. What, what, do I, what, what, what am I going to do now? Yeah, of course, and he ran America like a business. And that's and, what he and is. And look how successful it was. Like, well, from a financial point of view, yes, if it wasn't for COVID-19, it would have been a very successful business. Well, with regards to COVID-19, it did, you mentioned it in the, in the opening part. You know, he was only going, at the time, Niall, like every other leader around the world, he was saying, no, this COVID is crap. And then eventually everybody was saying, no, Mr. President, look, you have to take this serious. And then eventually he went, okay. And he was listening to Anti Fauci. And then eventually it turns out that Fauci was wrong. They were all wrong. This thing, as you have mentioned as well, did come from a lab. We all know it well, came it, from a lab. Well, it I certainly looks like that now. But, but here's the sad like thing. It. Anybody who said that on social media got their account suspended. And it now cancelled, looks like... Absolutely cancelled. And even though there was an agreement signed that gain-of-function was to be banned, as they call it, gain-of-function, in other words, developing viruses in labs, had been banned or the American funding it, it turned out that, you know, they were actually funding it in the background and that Anthony Fauci, right, lied, most likely, and that it could have come from a lab in Wuhan. It's more likely that is the, the, where it came from now. Exactly, no. Like, it, you know, we had that, uh, the whole mask thing, the whole two-metre thing. Like the, the the original whole thing about the whole two meter thing, now that was around since the time of the plague, the Black Death. You know what I mean? It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. Like they realised in those days, stay away from your neighbour. Do you realise that? Okay. And do you think, do you think that did a lot of damage to the way people will vote? Will people remember? Yeah. Because I, I I find it strange, James, that most people have nearly forgotten about COVID nineteen, unless because, it directly well, affects because, them. Exactly. Unless you you know uh, you know you had a family member who died with it, not from it, with it. Um, if you notice, Niall, as well, during them times, people were dying of COVID, but weren't dying of the flu. Whatever happened to the I, flu I, I just find, I find the electorate generally has like, there's like this national amnesia. So no matter what yeah. a government does wrong, as long as they can regain confidence a couple of months before an election, people tend to forget about the, the, the deeds of the past. I mean, look at Fianna Fáil. We never thought Fianna Fáil would be back in power after what happened, you know, in the early or in the latter parts of the 2000s. We never thought Fianna Fáil would get back into power again, but they did very well, quickly. Well, I tell you, Niall, what's going to happen the next general election, right? I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. And you can play this back to me in four years, right? Michal Martin is not going to run again. He's going to go to Europe, okay? Um, Pascal Donoghue, the minister for um, the junior finance. I like minister. him. I, can't the exact title. Yep. I do like him because he, you know what he is now? He, as someone described me one day, he's like a cabin man. He's very tight with the core strings. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he'll, he, there's a nice big banking job in, set up for him in Europe. Um, Leo Varadkar has re- reactivated his medical license, is moving to Canada with his husband. Simon Coveney, why Simon Coveney, everything that Simon Coveney does prior to his, his new appointment, his previous appointment in foreign affairs, everything was about stuff involving outside Ireland. He didn't care about what was going on domestically. He'd go off to the UN. You mark my words. These four predictions I've given you, they will be. And, and Simon you, Harris you, will be. Simon Harris will be the new leader and the new prime minister. Our teacher. No, Simon Harris. Simon Harris won't go back in again. And your your best mate in the world, who was constantly on your show before he came, minister. Oh, Stephen Donnelly, minister for health. He won't run again either. Most of them not. I, I don't think he'll be elected again. But anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, and even if he did, he won't be elected because the majority of them Nile as well got in because people now are starting to see through them. But even with the Shinners Nile going jumping to the left, people are starting to see through the Shinners now as well. So what we're going to get is we're going to get a national mishmash, and our next government will be made up of Sinn Fein and the Junior Party will be Fianna Fáil. And hopefully no Greens in there. Okay, stay there for a well, second. Well, well, hang on. Stay, well, stay there for a second. I want to go to Maureen as well. Maureen, how are you doing? You're on the Nile Boiling Podcast. Maureen, I've no doubt yeah, which no sort doubt. of government you'd vote for. Conservative. Yeah. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And I'm going to come at it at a different angle. 
we need to look at what we want for the future. Do we want to try and rebuild our country? And if we do, for the better for our children and grandchildren, we need to start electing people that have morals, principles and integrity and build a future foundation based on morals, principles and integrity. Now, even the great Socrates himself called democracy mob rule. But at this point, Niall, I will take that mob rule based on those three principles. Is there, but, yeah, but is there a danger? And, and you know, I, no, I'm not completely disagreeing. Not. But hang on. But when you go for a conservative government that you don't allow a country and a society to progress... That, you know, we, we can't... Yeah. Ireland is lovely. Don't get me wrong, I was. Ireland was uh, lovely, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, I understand and, what you're saying. And a very conservative government at one stage. We had a very conservative... All governments were reasonably conservative at one stage. We had very conservative morals. We have now gone from being the most conservative country in Europe to probably being the most liberal country in Europe. But surely there's a balance in the middle somewhere, Maureen. Well, unfortunately, Niall, I'm not seeing any balance in any middle here under what I'm living under because it certainly isn't democracy or anything like it. I mean, it. you don't want to go back to a time where we had no divorce. I'm sure you'd want to go back to a time where there was no abortion because I know you don't agree with it. But, you know... I don't are... agree with it, no. Yeah, but a divorce... No, but you, you agree but, with but divorce, you... don't you? Yeah. That, that was a liberal uh, well, decision. No, I don't, actually. You don't agree with but divorce. But I'm coming... At, no, I, I come at a point now. Look, I'm, I'm coming from a different angle, you know that, because I'm going to bring my faith into it. I usually do. But you're looking to the future. This country at the moment is heading on the train that's heading right into the depths of hell, as far as I'm concerned, and this, again, is only my opinion. But this is how I look at it. If you want a real future, you can still have, you can still give people their freedom, their freedom to expression and choice and what they want. But you have to have the, 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 the core principles and... First and foremost, the Constitution will have to come into it. We have, what's a Green Party, one that Pauline, whatever her name is, the other evening oh, or yes. day came out in the door with the biggest load of And said we should I've have to take our free But can I just point out, that story has now been run by Fox News, that particular clip. Um, I can't remember Pauline's second name, it eludes me at the moment. But yeah, she said, I can't either. She said we have, a, we, we have no option but to take away people's freedoms uh, when right. it comes to yeah. speech. And she talks about yeah. uh, making people f- or making people from uh, gender you know, identity communities uh, feeling discomfort. Yeah. She talks about that's discomfort right. and that yeah. should be banned. Uh, and yes, we're right. now the laughing stock of the world when it comes to this particular legislation. But what makes matters worse, the Green Party tweeted last night, we made the news again. Uh, we're on the right side of history. And they tweeted Fox News. And I'm going, And if you look at the comments underneath, I have no idea how they will ever stay in power or who runs their Twitter account because they're basically posting negative news about themselves and making it out to be somehow positive. I have no understanding of what they're up to. Well, you see, look at what they're doing. You see, you leave them at it. And why we're saying this from the very beginning, because eventually they're going to destroy themselves. Well, it just goes to show you they don't care what people think. But they don't no, care what people they, think. No, they don't. May, may, yes, but they, this is delusional in their mind. As far but as let's be clear: the Green Party are useless, absolutely useless. useless. Uh, all they, they are, have done, all they have done, is brought misery upon people in this country yep. for the last three or four years since they got into power. Yes. And the only reason they got into power was because Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil needed them to form a government. That's the only reason they got two or three percent of the national vote. Nobody actually wants them in there. And yet, look at the rules they brought in, the legislation in relation to farmers, etc., and climate change, and it still continues. You got the W, uh, uh, the, well, what is the World Economic Forum yesterday suggesting that they. 
they want to have all private cars off the road by 2030. I mean, that's right. Yeah. They want us only yeah. taking one flight every two years. They want to yeah. ban meat and dairy products. I mean, this is all down the future. This is Green Party stuff, by the way. And they will make people's lives miserable. All in the name of saving the planet. I agree with saving the planet, but let's have a little bit of balance here. We have to enjoy our lives as well. And I'm not giving up my rashes and sausages for anybody. And neither am I. have no intention of it. No. So, like, you know, well, hopefully it's there's an election the next time, whenever it comes up, mm. that people realise and have woken up and said, you know what, you're a bunch of nuts. I'm, we're not voting you back in there. Again, well, I cer- well, I certainly didn't agree with what Pauline O'Reilly. It was Pauline O'Reilly, actually. Uh, I certainly didn't agree with what she had to say uh, the other no, day. Yeah, no, she hung her, She actually hung herself with the hypocrisy. She gave herself enough rope. Well, I mean, Whether it has been it has been featured. It has been featured in a lot of places. Well, well, she obviously she will stand by what she said. Uh, well, so you be definitely voting for the Conservative government. Yes. Uh, by the way, James, would you ever give the Greens a vote? Uh, Niall, I would vote for the the stark raving loony Nazi fucking <laughs> uh, socialist party before I vote today. Like as you mentioned, the Green Party now. It's nearly four years now they're in. What have they actually done in them four years? Bar tax the Jesus out of us. Absolutely. Well, not. save the save the planet. You know I mean? Well, save the planet. I suppose. Yeah. What has what's actually happened in the last four years, Niall? They keep telling us that every year, now or every five years, the planet is doomed in five years. I've heard that I think the last fifty years. Yeah. The ozone was gone. That's fine. Like you, you said about saving the planet, Niall. You know, the planet will uh, technology eventually will sort this the situation out with our energy our energy stuff. Like we have to eventually in this country look at the nuclear option. You know, okay, I mean, okay, well, and, and I wouldn't like, disagree you know, with you, but, but I, and I do understand why people have a bit of a fear of the nuclear option. But France do quite well. Nuclear power has become a lot safer than it used to be, and it's clean, and it's also quite cheap as well to produce, because we're seeing at the moment uh, the cost of oil and the cost of fuel has come down drastically. You should see the difference in the forecourts over the next week or so, but the cost of electricity is still not coming down. Anyway, um, if you want to, by the way, you can take one there. Let me just go to, uh, stay there, Maureen. Let me go to Tony as well. Tony, how are you doing? You're on the Nile podcast. All right, all right. How are you today? How are you doing, Tony? So, Tony, who would you be voting fine, for? Fine. I'd be voting for Donald Trump. Well, okay, so you'd vote for a Conservative government. Without a shadow of a doubt, because we tried the other, haven't we? Well, well we're, we're in the middle of it, aren't we? We're trying it. <laughs> but yeah, all right. But in the last election, an awful lot of people went out and they voted for change, didn't they? They did. Change didn't happen. Well, and if we had a conservative government in here, things would change. It's not going to change with Sinn Féin. But uh, I, was just, I, I was just going to say, is Sinn Féin actually changed? No, it isn't, is it? No. No, definitely not. And we definitely need change. And what's wrong with change? No, it's just, like, you look at Ireland now, and you have to ask yourself, well, like, for all this, you can't say this, you can't do this, you can't say that. It's not a safer country than it was 15, 20 years ago. Well, when you say a safer country, it probably is. It's not a safer country. There's murders almost every day of the week. Ah. Well, look, our population no, has... Well, no, well, no, hang on. With, with respect, our population has increased. It has doubled in the last 30 years, right? Um, when you say yeah. a safer country, generally speaking, I believe it probably is a safer country. It's just that we hear about a lot more things now because we have more media, we have social media, we have more online newspapers, we have more news than we ever had, we have more radio stations. So we hear about stuff. You know, we didn't hear about it. You got like 30 years ago, unless it was in the Herald of the Press, you didn't hear about it. Yeah, okay. Now, there seems to be a, but there seems to be also an agenda as well. 
Fucking. Uh, to stop the masculinity of men. To stop the masculinity of men? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Oh, oh, don't be masculine. You know what I mean? Like, this. Yeah, but just like toxic masculinity. What's that? Oh, I know. I don't I don't ever remember masculinity being toxic, to be honest with you, but that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a title that it gets. There's nothing wrong with masculinity. No, there's nothing wrong with masculinity yeah. because if a lady is in distress and she's going to be attacked or she's in danger, she wants a masculine man to come along and help her, doesn't she? Well, yeah, she doesn't want a weasel to come along. <laughs> or she doesn't want someone coming along with a rainbow flag and saying, hold on, we can speak about this, we can talk about this. Well, well maybe somebody with a rainbow flag will talk the person out of it, I don't know, but I think, realistically, yes, yeah, somebody would want somebody to defend them. I think I get the point you're making, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with a real man, is what you're saying, Tony. Like, there's nothing wrong with being masculine, and there's nothing wrong with the man going out to work and providing for his family. So you'd be more of a traditionalist? Without a doubt. Yeah, I get it. Without Maureen, Maureen, are you a traditionalist? Well, hang on. Maureen, are you a traditionalist? Yes, I would be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I would. And I have another point now to throw in here as well. You've seen the family unit. Take, for example, the family unit. That has been completely broken down and destroyed. That is the first step to destroying a society. Mm. It doesn't take a government to destroy a society. The people destroy society themselves by allowing this to happen. Yeah. And we're seeing the fruit of it now. That's another point I just wanted to get in as well. All right, okay. Let me let me go to James as well. How are you doing, James? Well, I never thought I'd be saying this to you again now. Oh, well, good there you afternoon. go, James. Good, good afternoon, James. It's lovely to speak to you, James, this afternoon. Yes, because uh, I didn't think I'd be saying good afternoon. I've said, I keep on saying good evening to you, all right, because you're still on the evening. But now it is great to have you. Uh, this is all a bit new to me now, because, you know, podcasts and all that would be a bit strange to me now, as you oh, can well. imagine. Oh, well, I can as imagine. As an old codger. <laughs> but it's great, it's great. But I'm just, just I only heard a little bit of those two other speakers, but they're, they're my kind of people now. Mm. <laughs> Maureen, I know, I've heard Maureen with you many times. Maureen is down from my part of the world, and a very I intelligent woman. Changed. Yeah. yeah, well, she's only intelligent because you agree with her. <laughs> if you, did, if you <laughs> well, didn't agree with her, she wouldn't be intelligent, would she? <laughs> <laughs> she's a very uh, articulate woman, and uh, and we we do, we would agree on a lot. But see, but, here's uh, well, like, can I ask you, James? You know, you're clearly a conservative. I'm not even going to ask you the question as to who you would vote for if it was a conservative or liberal government because I know the answer to the question. But the same thing <laughs> I said to Maureen: if you go back 50 years ago in Ireland, it was a very conservative country. Now, oh, yes, now, the pen, well now, now the pendulum has swung, it. absolutely, as I did, actually, realistically, I suppose. Now the pendulum has swung completely the other direction. We've gone from yeah. being the most conservative country in Europe yeah. to the most liberal country in the Europe. Yeah. But That's can strange. we... Isn't this strange, really, now? Yeah, but could we, really not, can we not have a balance? Can we not have a balance in the middle somewhere? Ah, uh, but there, is, there's, there isn't any, you know, to see the parties that... But even when I was young, the, the, the Fine Gael would have been considered, considered the Conservative Party, uh, under, we say, like, of Liam Cosgrave and all that, and then it all, it all slightly changed. But Shafina Fall were still, were still Conservative up until the kind of mid-2000s. I don't know what they ever really conserved. They were centre-left now, but they mm. would have been described. Uh, but Fine Gael were the real, like the, we'll say they'd be the equivalent of the of the Conservative Party in England when I was very young. And then they started to change under Gareth Fitzgerald. And from then on, they started to move more and more to the left. But to see, the problem is now, it, it doesn't matter to me because at my age now, but the young, all the young generation have bought in completely lock, stock and barrel to this left liberal uh, philosophy. 
without shadow of doubt now. I mean, how very rarely now you encounter someone with my views who's 20 or 21 years old now. Yeah, very but, but, but I'm I'm nearly 60, and there's some of the stuff that I'm okay with, you know, the kind of more liberal stuff, and there's some I'm not. Now, people class me as right-wing, but I would have kind of left-leaning views on some things. I have no problem with two gay men getting married. I have no problem with certain things. I, I'm not judgmental of people. Now, I do have a problem with some of these gender issues that are going on at the moment, obviously, clearly. Um, you know, I have no problem with divorce. I think it needed to be available for people. I mean, they would be things that would be considered to be liberal. So I, I don't have an issue with that. But, oh, yes. but I, I do mean, have an issue with some of the nonsense yeah. that's going on at the moment, what they're teaching yes, children yes, in school. The thing is, uh, this hate speech business now, now that, oh, really, you know, that really irks me. I well, well, you. well, you know what's more dangerous about the hate speech thing? Not the legislation itself. It's the fact that you've got three government, main government parties not listening to the people. That's the most oh, concerning sure, yes, part. But Sinn Féin are agreeing with this as well, no? Absolutely. They're not opposing, no, they're they're not not. opposing the hate yeah. And they say there isn't any change out there. Just in case people think like Sinn Féin are going to be any different. No! Sinn Féin are very much pro-Europe now now. Yeah. Only the other day, uh, what's her name, Mary Lou made a speech somewhere, I don't know, praising, what lavish praise on the European Union now, which one time they weren't, as you know. No, of course. Uh, sorry? Yeah, she, and she did also say in that speech, or well, before that speech, that she, if she became the uh, Taoiseach of Ireland, she wouldn't be attending any gatherings anymore in relation to remembrance, um, you know, for events of the IRA. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, just this morning, I was just listening to news. I'm not digressing now, but the wonderful Green Party. As you know, Nile, down here off the south coast, we have a huge oil field. Huge oil field. It's actually, there's no doubt about it, Nile. All the tests have been done. And the company that are trying to drill there, Barry Row, have now decided they're not going any further because the Greens won't give them a new license now. Mm. So that's going to be abandoned now, completely. Because the company is going into liquidation. I, I did. I did hear they they imagine there's enough oil off the coast to do us for about three hundred years. Oh yes, I can mm. imagine what difference if it was managed properly and and and, and the revenue was coming to the government for housing and for all the problems and health problems we could solve. And Mister Stone purely tame and right. He said no. You're not going to be allowed to drill any more off the but, coast. But some of their but some of their rules are nonsense. As I said there a while ago, I spoke to a guy who was changing the tires on my car recently. And I was asking him where, oh, sorry, this baby in the background. I was asking him where all the old tires go. I said, do you burn them? And he said, no, we're not allowed. He said, we can't get a license to burn them in Ireland. So I said, what do you do with them? He said, we put them on a truck. We put them, bring them down to the dock. They go off to China and they're burnt in China in a concrete factory. I said, so what's the point of that? I mean, does that make any sense whatsoever? In other words, the cost, and, and you know, if the Green Party were really serious about this, you know, if they go talk about their CO2 emissions, the truck to bring them to the coast, to the, the boat, the boat itself to sail to China, you know, and then burning them anyway in the, in the end, it doesn't, it just makes no sense. None of it makes sense. But they There's don't. an old saying, you know, Niall, that unfortunately people get the politicians they deserve. Now, if you think of it, there's a party in the dial with only one member, and you've spoken to him many times, and I have a great time from Padder Tobin now. Yeah. Now, he, he definitely is a conservative now. Of, Absolutely. Of, of reason. Sorry? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now, if you, if you think of it, and this is why I, I condemn the Irish people. When we had the uh, abortion referendum, I'm not going to talk about that now, Niall, but when we had it, Three quarters of a million people voted pro-life. And the only party in the Dáil for pro-life are into. Now, tomorrow morning, in the next election, if even a big proportion of those people came out and voted for into, what a difference that would make, Niall. But they won't do it. 
into it at about 1% in the, in the polls now. Well the, well, the man, so well, 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 I suppose the man that was pushing that, of course, at the time, as well as many other politicians, was Leo Varadkar. But yet this morning, Taoiseach, it says here, Irish Times, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has said in an interview to the Irish Times that he would like to see fewer abortions taking place in Ireland, saying that while it's sometimes necessary, it's not a good thing. He's, <laughs> so he's now saying it's not a good thing. Actually, do me a favour, stay there for a second. Let me just go to Dave as well. Dave, how are you doing on the Live Boiling Podcast? What's the story, folks? How are you doing, Dave? Nice to talk to you. What's the crash? Good. Dave, who would you vote for? Conservative or Liberal government? Uh, I wouldn't really want to vote for either, to be honest. Would you not? No. I mean, look, in, in an ideal world, we'd have a nice 50-50, 60-40 split. Because, I mean, governments are supposed to be representative of the people. So if you go one way or the other, you're leaving off all swathes of your population. You know? Also... Really, most people, like I know a lot of people, if I'm being dead honest with you, I hate this left versus right, liberal versus conservative nonsense, because it's all just part of this culture wars crap that's it's coming from America. The vast majority of people that you meet might be in the middle and lean slightly more to one way or the other. Depending on the issue, depending on the issue, yes. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what I mean. Like human beings, we're, you know, we're not all black and white, you know, we... We change our minds based on, you know, new information or as you get older or your change in circumstance in your own life. So just to say that you have to be staunchly liberal or staunchly conservative, it, 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 you know, it, it's a bit silly, really, like, because most people, as you're younger, you're more liberally minded because, you know, you have hopes and dreams for the future and you don't realize how dark and bad a place the world can be. But as you get older, you tend to become more conservative, you know? Well, I, well, I, I think know, James has been conservative all his life. <laughs> I was yeah, born with that. I know. I know he tells me. Now he tells me he's counting the days. <laughs> yeah, but you see, and that's probably because of like of the uh, of the time that James grew up. You know, like I would be maybe a little more left of center because I grew up in an easier time. You know, where probably it was it was more accepting to different people. You know, I mean, it, it it's a pendulum. It tends to swing one way or the other. You know, like. And do you think it'll swing back? I mean, as I said already, Ireland is now the most liberal state in Europe. Do you think it'll swing, but the pendulum will swing back a little bit? It it will. I genuinely think it will. And hopefully maybe we can rest it in the middle somewhere because people are going to get, you know, like I would say, people are going to get sick of people saying that if you think, you know, X, Y, and Z about someone who's a little different to you in either sexual orientation or blah, 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 blah. You're a bigot and you're horrible. So you're going to go, well, up yours, I'm going to join the other thing. You know, I see people who would have been a lot more liberally minded get kind of pissed off with the ultra liberal people of today and say, well, you know what? These guys on the other side kind of have the right idea. But like when we give out about liberalism and conservatism, you know, liberals will say all conservatives are, you know, right wing, bigots, racist, blah, 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 blah. You know, conservatives will say, Oh, liberals are all blue-haired gobshites who think if you want to identify as an air fryer, you should be allowed. <laughs> but really, they're only very, very, very minute. I, I, I heard a very interesting video this morning, and it's come from a UK school. I'm sure James will have great interest in this and get a good chuckle out of it. Just the cat one. This is the cat one. Did you hear it? So, is so this is, no, is that true, though? It is true. So the nine-year-old challenged the teacher because the teacher was accepting that the other child in the class identified as a cat and gave out to the nine-year-old for not respecting her or his, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, gender. And the nine-year-old put it up to the teacher and said, but they're not a cat. 
And the teacher said, well, if they identify as one or a cow if they want to, that's what you should respect. And he went, the kid says, no, there's only two genders, male and female. And I, I just put it up last night on Twitter and I said, you know what? The teacher needs an education because the nine-year-old is more logical than the teacher in this particular situation. No, I know, but like I've, I've heard that story. Like there was one go around that there was a school in America where they litter tray for the kid and all that. And it... It turned out it was just something that started on social media. So like, no, I know. I think this was actually no. The audio they had the audio and everything of the teacher. Somebody had it. Okay, the, no, that, that's fair enough. It's just yeah. you know anything does bonkers say, stuff. You know, anything, anyway, anything you hear. But well, see, but isn't this the point that James is making? James doesn't want to live in that world where people identify as cats or air fryers, as you called it. Uh, James doesn't want to live in that world because he doesn't buy into it. And by the way, nor do I. But as I said, you do already, James. You don't agree with same-sex marriage. I'm okay with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can't have it your way all the time, James, because society has to progress. But just not well, just not in the... I mean, some of the stuff that we're hearing at the moment is just bonkers. To see, uh, I'm listening to Dave, and I've heard Dave many times. Uh, to see, there's a very big difference between the people of my view and those of the left liberal. I have no problem now in people having an opposing view to me. No problem whatsoever. If Dave has an opposing view to me and said James is bonkers and I, I have this view, I have no problem with that. And I want him to have his view. But the difference is now, the left liberal want to silence people of but my the, yeah, but, but hang on, but, you, but your people, sorry, inverted commas, the conservatives, <laughs> particularly those religious ones, going back 50 years ago, did exactly the same thing. They silenced people who were gay. They took books off the shelves and banned them because they might have mentioned abortion. Uh, they did exactly, they silenced communities talking about anything that went against their moral compass. So they did exactly the same thing. Censorship was rife back in the 1960s and 70s. Yes, but you must remember, they had the, the, they had the support of the people. They couldn't have done that without the support of the people. I was often thinking, if the Catholic Church was a political party back in my day when they I didn't. was young, it would be the biggest they didn't political have party the, in, in, they in the country. They didn't have the support of the people. If it wasn't for people at the time like Gay Byrne, for example, who kind of you know brought a lot of stuff up on the Late Late Show in fairness to him, we probably wouldn't have moved on. A very famous story, of course, I think it was the Irish Independent when it used to be in Abbey Street. They were running a story on the front page of the paper, something to do with a priest or a pope or something up to some no good. And three bishops went into the newspaper and literally stopped the press. I mean, that's the sort of stranglehold they had over the state. But, but you have to, if you want to blame anyone, you must blame society because society approved of that now. And why? How, where was the proof that they did prove it? Because every Sunday the churches were packed out. They voted with their feet now. Okay, well, well, then, well, then, well then argue that now because every Sunday now, James, apart from, say, communities that might have an older population, the churches are empty. Well, of course, uh, a minority of priests like the Father Brendan Smith did terrible, terrible damage now. Irreparable damage to the church. I don't, I don't think minority. it was just that, James. And I agree with you, that did a lot of damage, absolutely, to the reputation of the Catholic Church. But I don't think it was just that. I think that young people nowadays know an awful lot more. They don't have the same, I'm not going to say respect for religion, but belief in religion that, you know, people of your ilk would have had. Yeah. Oh, well, of course, you know, now, I'm, I, I might be a rigid conservative, but I'm also a realist now. And you know what they say, that there's nothing more inevitable than the two things, death and taxes. But there is a third inevitable, and that is change now. 
change happens. I know that. I don't like some of the change, but it's going to happen and, uh, whether I like it or not, Niall. Whether it's for the good or not, time will only tell. But so, but what the, the only complaint I have, Niall, I don't worry about things like divorce and that, and I've no problem with two people being gay, but as long as it doesn't, you know, say that, oh, you can't say this, you can't say Thank that, you. that kind of thing. Mm. That, that's what gets to me, Niall. As long as, as, you're, as, long as you're not silenced. Yeah. Sorry? As long as you're not silenced. As, you know, they, they preach the, the left liberals, oh, we must, we must embrace diversity, but that must include a diversity of views now. Uh, you, well, you would think so, but unfortunately at the moment, as you well know, they're bringing in legislation to try and stop people arguing against it. Uh, but, but see, mm. you have a completely different view to me about God. You don't believe in God. We've, we've, we've debated that many times. I have no problem with that, Niall. And I'd be, I'd be the first to say, Niall is entitled to say that, or Dave is entitled to say that, because I know Dave is probably not a, non-bel- a non-believer as well. But as long as both of us have the... Uh, freedom to express our views. That's where I'm. I've no problem with change. Yeah, and, and, you know, and Dave, I, I'm kind of with James here. I've no problem with change either, to some degree. But I do have a problem when we're bringing in legislation which is not supported by the people, uh, but yet is supported by political parties and um, with the majority of people in political parties at the moment, and they're railroading it through without actually listening to the people. And I, I have oh, a huge, yeah, that's a huge concern. Not just the legislation itself. That's concerning enough because it's Orwellian. But it's the fact that they're doing it and not giving a damn what the people think. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, like, I agree wholeheartedly with what you and James said. See, Seth and James, you know, a little bit liberal, more conservative. We agree, you know. And like, that's what we need in society. See, the problem with society now is it's, it's, we've, we've gone very, I think... I say social media can be blamed for a lot of this. We've become very tribalistic, you know? We've like, People find their little echo chambers where their views are and beliefs are held up and, you know, God help you if you think otherwise. Like, you know, we really do need to go back well, they're, to... They're, they're kind of like mini-religions, aren't they, really? You know what I mean? No, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd say, I was going to say go back, but sure, we've never been able to... But, I mean, one religion is kind of going, which is, you know, Christianity or whatever it is, right? Or, you know, theism or whatever religion you happen to, to, to follow. But the new religions now are climate change, LGBTQ. These are all religions. Gender identity. Atheism. Yeah, athe- well, atheism, and if I you mean, will. I, well, I don't think atheism is a religion or a belief in anything. Kind of, I don't, no, no, no. When you hear some people who are like the likes of Richard oh. Dawkins, who are like so staunchly atheistic, it's almost like a belief system based on non-belief. You know? <laughs> I, know. I mean, <laughs> although, he, although he did, Richard Dawkins did famously once say he's not ruling out the existence of God. I think he's hedging yeah, his bets. He, See, like, atheists like Richard Dawkins kind of get under my skin. Like, he's a very intelligent man, but he, he can be a bit of a dick about it, though. Yeah, but he's making money out of it, that's why, isn't he? I know, yeah, but at the same time, we're all talking about, like, let's live in a world where we respect each other's views while he belittles other people's belief systems, you know? Okay, like, no, no, I, no, I know. He has said that people who believe in God are unintelligent. But, but stay there for a second. I want to go to Billy as well. Billy, how are you doing? You're on the Lab Island podcast. Nice, nice to talk to you, Billy. Uh, Billy, nice I- to talk to you as well. Okay, so who would you vote for? Oh, Niall, I'm going to surprise you here. Oh, no. You're, you're going to say Trump, gonna, aren't you? I'm going to say, I, I wouldn't vote for Trump now, but I definitely I, I definitely vote Conservative. Okay, so Ron DeSantis type style uh, Conservative? I, uh, let's, let's just say Conservative. Let's not put names oh, okay. on Okay, okay well, I'm just going to just look at the level of Conservatism you're looking at, because James it, on the other hand would be very Ron DeSantis. I the, the levels of Conservative. Okay, if, if we were to put it on a, on a level of Conservatism and using the American politicians as that level, I would have voted for the likes of John McCain. Oh, okay. Um, like, you know, a, a Conservative who, who has a, a good track record and a background 
Um, but that's what, you know, that's what I kind of said to James, which is a conservative with a liberal sprinkling. In other words, accepts that society has to progress. Well, there, there, yeah. is, a, there is a progression. But I, 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 just the reasons why I vote conservative, um, I, I think that's more important than, than voting conservative. Like, there's, there's things that James has mentioned there in terms of, like, the, the, the social cohesion that has evidently broken down in this country over the last couple of decades. Um, and, you know, there has been a very, very massive pull. It seems the more money that's invested in things like sociology and um, social sciences, the, the, the worse things get in society. It, it just pulled it in a completely different direction than, than it should have done. Um, like, going back to another thing that James mentioned there in, in terms of religion, like, there was a massive fear of religion in this country, and, you know, Archbishop John McQuaid had a... An iron, wow, yeah. an iron glove that ruled over this country in cahoots with Eamon de Valera and the Fianna Fáil political party for a, a number of years. And, and bear in mind that Fianna Fáil, as an entity, were excommunicated by the Catholic Church originally when the, the anti-treaty side went went against the treaty. So, mm. you know, there was they, they were welcomed back in in, in the 30s and they admitted, and that's when that partnership between the two of them started. But there was that rule of church and Fianna Fáil for a long time in this country. But what's happened in the last couple of years, if you look, like, I'm, I'm sure you're, you've seen the video on social media of a, a Dublin bus driver being attacked. I saw that. Brave. By the way, I, I, I was kind of copied in a rock and a hard place in that video. I watched it last night. Oh, he, he, escalate, he escalated. Oh, he did. He did. Like, he didn't use the same force that he was given. Uh, yeah, when your, man, imagine, when your man kicked uh, the hat out of his hand, he kind of went a bit AWOL then, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and he, 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 I'm not condoning but they his did, behavior. But they did, they, I'm not condoning his behaviour, but they did drive him to it. Well, they did, but this is this is the point I'm making, I'll, 20, 30, well, sorry, maybe not 20, maybe 30, 40 years ago, 15 and 16-year-olds would not have behaved like that. There would have been a respect for authority, there would have been a respect for an adult, you know, not to behave like that. Because you know, if you did, you would get in trouble. And and this is the, getting to the point that I'm trying to make here. I, I sent a message when you were talking to the, the firefighter the other night on, on the radio show yeah. um, about the national insurance policies that this country has in the forms of defence, police, fire service, ambulance service, doctors, nurses, everything. There's been a massive underinvestment in those. And that has been quite... I was, I was actually, when I spoke to Tom, I think it was Tom was his name the other night, the, the retention, retained firefighter, when I spoke to him the other night, I was quite shocked, actually. I wasn't aware of the full story and the fact that they're on call and must live two and a half kilometres from the station exactly. and all. I wasn't aware of all that. And, and, and these, they do a great service to the country. People, yeah. These are people we depend on. If, mm. if my house goes on fire here where I am, it'll be a retained firefighter that I'm hoping will come to the door to, to put it out. Now, it's booking and rain down at the moment. So and, they're, and they're paying them 99 cents cent, cent an hour. 99 cents an hour plus the call-out fee. What did he say? 60 euro for the first hour and, and 20 thereafter? Four, I, think, I think it was 40 and then 20 thereafter, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And well, that, that's just wrong. No, it and is wrong. we have had successive government, and this is why I vote Conservative, because I would hope that a Conservative government would look at the law and order and the defence of the country and, and the maintenance of, of these vital things that we require. And I'm sure there's people out there that will say, oh, sure, it'll be a, a socialist government that will put all these in. It, it no, it would as ours to be a socialist government. Social, socialist socialist governments are focused on one thing and one thing only. I, we can quite clearly see that at the moment. Uh, stay there, actually, because I want to go to Kevin as well. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing? Oh, sorry, Kevin, I need to switch you on there. I do apologise. Sorry, Kevin, how are you doing? No 
How are you? How are things? Good, Kevin. Nice to talk to you. Um, Kevin, I mean, you heard Billy, even though he is a kind of liberally minded person, he'd vote for a conservative government because he thinks they do a better job. Well, well, to be honest with you, because I was, I suppose, most of my life I was quite centre-left, left-leaning on an awful lot of things. Um, and I'd say with the, maybe the past 10 years, I've migrated more and more over to the right as I've seen, I suppose, I've seen the old left of what it was kind of changed and morphed into some sort of something that I don't particularly recognise, you know. So yeah. um, I view I view Ireland as, I suppose, we, we, you've discussed this already and we pat ourselves on the back as supposedly saying we've changed and the pendulum has swung from, you know, conservatism over to... Extreme liberalism, yeah. Yeah, yeah wokeism, yeah. wokeism, well, okay, yeah. It's, it's, it's the same form of stupidity and it's the same form of silly thinking, you know. We've just changed changed our, our jerseys, ultimately. As, as well, that's because there's no, well, that's because there's no one in, in power to stop them. I mean, there was a time when we had opposition in government, but now we don't have opposition because Sinn Féin just agree with everything the government does because they want to get in there too. So, And, and the Labour yeah. Party, well, they're not saying anything at all, to be honest with you, I mean, realistically. <laughs> I mean, so realistically, apart from a few independents, nobody is challenging the government. And the media as well. Doesn't oh, the media point. The media are useless. Absolutely useless. Yeah. I'd be the first one to Absolutely. say that, and I work for them. They're useless. Yeah. Well, I, I think in general, people want to be Most seen to be virtuous. You're ch- ch- chatting about religion, and you know, people want to be seen to be virtuous. People want to be seen as good, and they want to kind of show off socially to be good and to be virtuous. So, like, religion is gone to some degree, even though I'm a practicing Catholic myself. Religion has, is, you know, it, it's less influential than what it was. So, there was a vacuum of, you know, how do I prove myself to be socially good and how do I prove myself to be virtuous in society? And that vacuum has been filled now by another value system, which is, I don't know, I, I'm afraid to call it woke- wokeism because, you know, that's getting a trashing these days. Apparently, you're not supposed to use that word anymore. But I know. You call it an extreme form of... I, I call it wokeism. Yeah, I call it wokeism. Yes, that's okay. You can use that word if you want to. Um, it, it, but it has been replaced. And that, but that's what I said earlier on. And I, and I said it to Dave, too, I think... And I think Billy would probably agree. When people slipped away from religion, actually Richard Dawkins said this recently too, when you lose one theology or you lose favoritism for one theology, as human beings you need something to follow. And a lot of people, or younger people in particular, you know, the kind of university students, are now following new religions. And those new religions would be gender identity, they'd be climate change, they'd be something that they can follow or grab onto um, because they don't have religion anymore, I suppose. Is that a fair argument? Yeah. Yeah, they they want a value system and a value structure and like a moral structure. Yeah, they want like everybody. Like I, I kids, I fight kids and growing up, and they like structure and everybody likes structure. Everybody knows one or everybody wants to know what's good and what's bad and want to be seen to be good. So I suppose it's kind of socially unacceptable to some degree now to you know get out your rosary beads and to say oh God doesn't like this or <laughs> said this or whatever. Ah, you're all so, right. James will go out with you. He'll get his rosary beads out with you. <laughs> you and James go together and just get your rosary. Nah, yes. Sorry, James. What are you trying to say there? Go ahead. No, someone that was on earlier, the first caller, I think I just heard briefly the first caller when I was on, and he was talking about the country is not as safe now when when he was younger. And I fully agree with him now. And we, we might disagree, but, I, but the country now is, is not... I don't recognise... I don't know. I, I, I actually don't... I, I mean, let me just throw that one to Billy as well. Sorry, Kevin. Stay with me and James. Stay with me. Billy, I mean, this right. argument that the country is not as safe now as it used to be, well, is, I, is that I, true I, or is it just that we hear more about things because of we've more I, media? I tell you, I'm not sure how... I think I've heard James's age before. I, I, and James, forgive me. He's only a young fellow. In, 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 I was in, going in to school in the 50s then, Yeah. In, in the 50s. But when, when James was growing up, there was probably a population about half the size as it is now. So there's more people. 
number one, right? So there's, it, by that logic, if there's more people, there's more crimes being committed. And because of mass media and social media, we hear about it instantly. So I mean, the more serious could, crimes, okay, could, to, okay, to put things into happen, perspective, something okay. Could, but no, something could happen in Bantry today, and you would know about it in 10 minutes. While if you go back to the 1950s, it might take at least the next day, if not the day after, before you read about it in the newspaper. Okay, I'm just going to read something just for all our sakes here, just so we all get our facts right. In 2003, which is 20 years ago now, um, there was 37 murders. Now, I only have the figures here up to 2016. There was 38 in 2016. There was 14 manslaughters in 2003. There was only three in 2016. Infanticide, there wasn't any. Um, actually, there hasn't been any apart from 2007. There was one recorded. Uh, dangerous driving leading to death, 29 in 2003, 30 in 2016. With a population that almost doubled. So it's actually lower, if you, if you understand per head of population. When you look at crime in general, the only crime that seems to increase, have increased dramatically, by the way, is sexual assault and rape. And the reason they have increased dramatically is because they're now being reported more. It's not because they're probably happening more, but they're being reported more. So no. those kind of crimes have increased. Yeah, sorry, James. In well, terms of petty crimes, I, one, I, sorry, James. One thing, one thing I, I, I do remember now, when I was young, we did not have in our... Uh, uh, was a castrator in our um, prison system. We did not have a boy A and we did not have a boy B now. In fact, the governor of Mountjoy, the, re- the, the retired governor of Mountjoy, as you know, uh, Lonergan, you remember him now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, was, he, he was in the prison service at the, at the start as a prison officer in the early 70s. And then he worked his way up. He worked in Cork and Limerick and he eventually became the governor of Mountjoy. But when he started in around 1970 in the prison service, he's an elderly man like myself now, now. Yeah. in the early 70s, there was not one teenager in the country, not even one 19 or 20-year-old, who was incarcerated for murder now. Now we have many, many teenagers in, in prison for murder now. But there wasn't one when he started in the prison service in the early 70s now. See, I, I think we have to take into consideration, just coming back to what Kevin was talking about, we have, what we have taken into consideration is the justice system has changed. Um, and when we get what they call convictions are quite different, right? It says here, for example, the number of homicides increased more than tenfold. However, due to the increase in the population, the rate only increased by 0.24% or 1.8% per 100,000 people in the population. The number fluctuates over the years, and I think it has gone down since 2007. Now, this is on figures from 1951, by the way, up to 2000, roughly 10. So it says the number fluctuates over the years. I think it's gone down since 2007. And uh, this does not mean that we are going to return to the 1950s rate. Uh, but sorry, so Kevin, in relation to crime, I, I probably agree with Billy. The amount of unruly teenagers probably has increased, uh, committing petty crimes and fighting in the streets. But for the more serious crimes, I don't think it has increased massively. I don't think so. Well, I suppose you have to go by per capita. But I remember just a, a tidbit. I remember growing up watching the show called Thou Shalt Not Kill. Mm-hmm. And it was going back over murders along the years. And it was such a rarity in Ireland at the time that they made a full series out of like, this was back in the 50s, this one murder. It was a huge thing to happen. Whereas now, maybe it's because we're just being exposed more to it and it's just becoming normalised. But it seems to be there's a murder on the telly or on the radio all the time now. That's because they get like, caught. Oh, they get caught. Back in the 1940s, people were killing each other. They just didn't get caught. 
You know what I mean? Maybe so, maybe so. The stats are the only way to prove that, really. Yeah, but I mean, again, you've taken the population into consideration. We had less than half the population, if you go back to the 1950s. I think we'd only a population of 1.6 million at that stage back in the 1950s. We now have a population now, of 5 million people. Yes, James? You see, also what has changed now, compared to your day and my day, there's absolutely no respect now for the Gaddish economy among the young people. No, you're right. None whatsoever you're right. now. You're right. All, None whatsoever. put them on YouTube. Yeah. I, 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 you and I had a very healthy fear of the Gardaí economy. Yeah, we had a fear of our neighbours. We had a fear of our neighbours. The, the other side of things is when you were younger, the guards walked the streets. The guards were in housing estates. You mm-hmm. saw guards; they were extremely visible. Now the and guards. Are, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm not, I, my, my, my grandfather was a guard, James. I, I, I can attest to that. Yes, they were. But I'm, I'm not saying you should be heightened. But I, I am a fan of guards being visible. Guards should be walking up and down the street. They should be visible. They should be known in the community. So the problem is they can't. Yeah, the problem is they can't get guards anymore. Um, and and you are right in relation to your your granddad being a, a large man. In those days, there was a height restriction, of course, to join the guards. And by the way, I believe they should have never got rid of the height restriction. There's nothing worse than seeing two guards. I saw two guards in Temple Bar one day. A fight broke out. And there was no disrespect to them. Two female guards, both of them were five foot three, five foot four. I say max, and neither of them would tackle the fight. They called for backup and arrived. Then back up a van. Three lads jumped out, who were obviously reasonably well capable of looking after themselves, and broke up the fight. That's pointless. That's useless. There's no there, there's no purpose to that. No disrespect for the, to these particular ladies. It could have been a man. I don't care. I'm not being sexist. I'm just saying it's pointless having somebody who can't handle themselves in a I, situation. I, I, I just I, I disagree. I disagree with your your comment on height, Niall. Um, I, I do think that is a training issue rather than the person's height. But we we can we can talk about that another time if you wish. Yeah, but I do but, I do believe know. that height intimidates. Yeah. Height, height is an intimidating factor, but then, then again, as I said, my grandfather was six foot four. He, he worked. He worked in Kevin Street. He he was on Lugs Rannigan's squad in Kevin Street oh, back in the. Oh, look at you now! You've excited. You've excited James now at oh, Lugs Rannigan. I, I I could I could tell I could tell James stories, but the, yeah. the thing about it is, I'm in fact sitting down with the grandfather who's, who's now passed away. So I tell the story made the comments that he was uh, he was in the guards before the words police and brutality were put in a sentence together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, but that's the point. Back in those days, if the reason the crime figures were lower as well is because crime, if, someone, yeah. if someone nicked something from a shop and was caught by a guard, the guard yeah. wasn't going to do the paperwork. No, he just boxed the head off the cell. He just gave him a few things <laughs> and he'd send him on his way. I don't know, Kevin, if you'd like that style of policing back but again, would you? Uh, what, but that well, that side of policing Nile is gone, and it's yeah. it's a good thing. Do you know that what? Gone. You know what? Maybe it didn't do us any harm. Sorry, Kevin. What are you trying to say? I just say I'd much prefer, if I had to get in a fight with a guard, I'd much prefer him to be five foot six than six foot four. And I put it that way. I I think I would agree with you. Listen, lads, thank you very much indeed, Billy, Kevin, James. I appreciate you coming on the show today. By the way, lots and lots of people texting in relation to that story. The majority of people, now of course it is my audience and of course I'm probably more conservative. The majority of people texting in today said they would vote for a conservative party if we had such a party. By the way, breaking news, President Michael D. Higgins has apologised to Professor Louise Richardson for a throwaway remark he made in a newspaper interview yesterday. Now of course you may know that the President is not meant to make any comment whatsoever on political decisions in this country. And uh, you know, he obviously talked about foreign policy, he obviously talked about NATO, 
And of course, the president is not meant to get involved in those kind of debates. In the interview of the Business Post, President Higgins highlighted the composition of the panels at the forum, they say, includes the admirals and generals, the Air Force, the rest of us, as well as the formerly neutral countries who are now joining NATO. And uh, I suppose he was having a go at Ireland and political decisions because, of course, Ireland at the moment is discussing that. Now, but maybe there's a whole topic in that, by the way. Should the president be allowed have an opinion? The president's job in Ireland is not only to be a figurehead. His job primarily is to protect the constitution of Ireland. That's his job. And I should hope, by the way, he will do a very good job of it this year because this will be the big test for him. Because, of course, if the government and the Green Party and Sinn Féin and everybody else involved manage to get this particular piece of legislation on hate speech or hate crimes through the doll and to the president for him to sign, I would like to think that the president will refuse to sign it and send it to the Supreme Court to test it for constitutionality. Because I don't believe it's constitutional. And you should all be very concerned about it. We have talked about it at length. By the way, somebody responding to me on Twitter last night suggested that the media are silent about it. I'm not silent. I haven't stopped talking about it in three weeks. We've had at least four guests on the air, primarily just talking about that. We've discussed it at length. And I've warned every single one of you not to listen to the government when it comes to this particular piece of legislation. I don't believe Helen McEntee when she said she doesn't need to define the word hate. If you're going to bring in this legislation, define it. I don't want anybody to be used as a test case just because they turn around and say, I don't believe a man can become a woman. Oh, hate speech. You offended somebody. There's a transgender over there who's really upset and thinks that you're bringing hatred on the community. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a dock and a judge deciding whether you're in breach of the legislation. You find the Garda Shia Khan knocking down your door trying to take all your computers off you because you might be in breach of the legislation. And it's up to a judge to decide. Absolute and utter nonsense. The minister needs to define the word hate if she really wants to consider, even consider this legislation. She also talks about the original legislation the Incitement and Hatred Act, 1989. She said there's only been 50 prosecutions. So she believes that's the reason to bring in new legislation because it's clearly not working. Would it not be more in her interest to say, well, there's only been 50 prosecutions because actually we're a very tolerant society, generally speaking, so there was no need to prosecute anybody. We are a very tolerant society. Look at how much Ireland has changed. I don't see people going around killing each other every day because they're different. I know that you get the odd head case who'll do something stupid generally, But you're always going to have them in society, no matter what sort of legislation you bring in. Even if you're brought in hate speech legislation tomorrow, you're still going to get people who beat somebody up just because they don't like the colour of their skin or their sexuality. They're always in society, those idiots. Lots of comments, by the way, coming in on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Can I point out? I'll just read out one or two of them, if I can. Um, Elaine says on WhatsApp, for what it's worth, I think the country should be nationalised. Neither, both have destroyed America. Can you imagine living in a country where it felt, uh, it felt ill or hurt yourself? You'd rather suffer the pain or worse, die, so you don't put your family into financial difficulty. I know our own health system is bad, but we are at least trying to look after people, says Tom Larkin on Facebook. Neither the leaders who were executed, this in relation to the question about conservative or liberal, the leaders who were executed in Ireland for the rising, the British knew they'd getting rid of these men would leave Ireland rudderless. We need these type of men to, uh, we need these type of men at the top. Unfortunately, people like that we'll never see inside a government in this country ever again. Because the system is so twisted and corrupt that only twisted and corrupt get into power, says Patrick. 
Uh, Robert F. Kennedy for president. He's the only honest man out there, says Mags Quinn on Facebook. <laughs> Do you know what? Kennedy could surprise everybody. He could. Now, remember, of course, people seem to think that he's Republican because of his views around vaccines, etc. And his views on COVID. He's not. He's actually a Democrat. Joe Biden always says Joyce uh, uh, Nevin in Facebook. Now, jo really, Joyce, would you want him in there again? I don't want to be ages, but the man is incapable of taking steps at this stage. He does this little run off the stage to try and prove to people he's capable of it. But he'll always have an aide running beside him just in case he falls again. I mean, God bless him. He doesn't even know the Queen is dead. Sure he doesn't? Can we play that clip again of the Queen being dead? Would that be possible? Can we play it? Oh, no, we can't. Oh, there it is there. Yeah, yeah play the, the clip there of uh, Joe Biden. Play it there, go on. All right. God save the Queen, man. God save the Queen. Watch the run. Watch the run. Oh, we didn't, we didn't get to see the run. By the way, somebody says, Niall, what is it Pauline O'Reilly said in the doll that was so bad? Uh, actually, we've got the clip of Pauline O'Reilly. Have we still got there? The compliments of Grip Media, but it was the rock on a rock TV as well at the time. There it is there. Give, have a quick listen to this. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but have. they are restricted for the common good. The common Everything good. needs to be balanced. Yep. And if your views on other people's identities Gender go to make their lives unsafe, mm -hmm. insecure, mm -hmm. and cause them such deep discomfort, discomfort. that they cannot live yeah. in peace, then go. I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Restrict those freedoms for the common good because you might be making somebody feel some level of discomfort which makes them feel unsafe. That's their own feelings, by the way, that make them feel unsafe. That's fine. You know what I mean? It's not fine, by the way. People shouldn't feel unsafe in society. But that's their own feelings. I can't have somebody else's feelings. I'm sure there are people listening to some of the callers on the air over the last 12 years that I've spoken to people on radio, um, this podcast as well, and some people feel, I feel unsafe and discomfort at what that person said. So what? That's your feeling. There's nothing to do about that. You know, I'm not sorry, by the way. That's just people's opinions make you feel unsafe. I'm sure you might have opinions, that person. That makes somebody else feel unsafe or makes somebody else feel a level of discomfort because they don't like your opinions on something. There's no law that says you have a right or there's no right not to be offended by other people's opinions. But, of course, they want to bring in that law now. That makes it a right that you're not offended in some way. Anyway. All right. I'll be back again tomorrow. Don't forget, by the way, you can download this show in about an hour or so. It'll be on our usual uh, outlets, all the usual platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all the usual places. It'll also be available on our website, nileboyden.com. If you want to see the video, by the way, you can go to the website. It's there if you want to watch it. I prefer to watch it personally. Would you? Because I'm a good-looking chap, after all. Sorry, my producer just laughed at my ear. Uh, and don't forget as well, you, you'll be able to look at the stream. We take the stream down as soon as the show is over. We'll delete that stream. But if you want to watch it straight back again, you can. We put it straight back up again in about 10 minutes' time in the subscriber section on Twitter. And the reason I'm mentioning that is because now I'm starting to start begging. <laughs> if you want to subscribe to help us to keep this show going, because that's what we want to do. We want to give you an opportunity to have your opinion on the air. It's rare nowadays that you're allowed to have your opinion, but we don't want to silence you. That's why it's called the Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. So we don't want to silence anybody. We want you to have your opinion, and that's really important. 
So we would ask you to support us. It's not much. Either on our website, you can register there. It's a fiver a month. Or on Twitter, just up here. If you look, if you're on Twitter now and you're watching it live, uh, there is a follow button. Just follow me and then click subscribe. And it's fiver a month, which is, you, by the way, you won't even get a pint of beer for a fiver. So it's like saying, listen, Niall, I wouldn't mind buying you a pint of beer. You did a great job the other day. Fair play to you. Work hard. Because we've no other way of making money. Absolutely none. So this is the way we make money, by asking you for it. So we'd like you to support us. And we really appreciate if you support us because it allows us to continue doing what we're doing. It's only a fiver a month. It's like buying a cup of coffee or a pint of beer for us once a month. It's not much to ask and you get this every day. We will never charge you to watch it live every single day. We will never charge you to listen to it live every single day. Never. All right, it's the only way we can make money is by doing something a little bit different. We will have some longer interviews and stuff like that that you will be able to watch on the website. You will get some benefits, of course, to paying that fiver as well. All right, so listen, thank you very much indeed. And if you have already subscribed, thank you. And for those who are going to do it right now, aren't you? Uh, we will thank you as well in advance. Uh, I'll talk to you again tomorrow at 12 o'clock. You never know what we'll be talking about. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.